0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're super excited to have Brian Hoing on here, a pitcher in the Miami Marlins organization. Brian, how's it going, man? Good. How are you guys? I'm doing well. I'm doing, doing well. Good. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on here. I had you on uh, about a year ago now. And uh, at that time, we were kind of talking about how you just got out of Beloit. We were talking about how you survived Beloit. I was kind of joking with you. You got to put Beloit survivor. Uh, in your Twitter bio and stuff. And now you've been from Beloit all the way to the majors and now you're back in the minors, but like, how has that like past year been for you?
1: Uh, I would say it's been one of the best years of my life, you know, uh, growing up, my dream was to always play in the big leagues. And last year I was able to accomplish that. Um, it kind of just takes you back to, you know, everything you've been through, you know, through little league baseball, high school, um, travel, baseball, all the traveling, all the money spent, um, and then it kind of comes, kind of comes into all fruition when you uh, make that debut. Um, very surreal moment. Um, thankful for the opportunity. Um, but yeah, I did. I mean, you know, I, I just always, t- I was always in that mindset of taking one game at a time, and all of a sudden, one things, things com- kind, leading up to the next, and all of a sudden, I got that call, and um, yeah, it was awesome. So overall, I would say 2022 was a very successful year for me.
0: That's so cool. And um, for those who maybe didn't hear the first episode with you, could you just give us like a quick uh, background on? on, you know, how you started getting into baseball and kind of your path to where you are now.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, from Indiana, um, I basically grew up with two sports, baseball, basketball, um, you know, in Indiana, it's basketball's is the thing to do there. So growing up, that was my main sport. And I kind of just played baseball on the side. And then I kind of got to the point where I was 12, 13 years old and started playing, gotten a little bit more serious with baseball. started playing travel baseball for the Indiana Bulls. Um, and then I played with them throughout. Uh, my whole uh, high school career. And then I started getting recruited by Louisville, playing through the Bulls. They came and saw me pitch. And then I committed to Louisville, um, played three years there at Louisville. And then I was drafted in 2019 by the Miami Marlins. And I've been with the Marlins ever since.
2: What was your, uh, obviously, Louisville, big baseball school, what was your favorite college to go play against? I'm a big college baseball guy, especially down here at SEC. So, yeah, yeah. I eat up college baseball all
1: year. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, well, playing ACC, you go to a bunch of really cool schools and cool campuses. I mean, I would say for majority of us, the the easy answers are always you know the four states, the Clemson's, um, NC State was fun, Virginia's fun. I would say those are the probably the main. Um, schools that we really look forward to going to play, not only because you know the the field is nice, the stadium's nice, you get good crowds, but the talent that those teams usually had each year was yeah. um, really outstanding. And so we usually had some good games against those teams and um, pretty
0: electric atmospheres for sure. Do you have one specific game that you're like, oh wow, like I'm going to remember this forever? I'm going to tell my grandkids about oh. this one moment. <laughs> um,
1: for me personally, it was we were playing at NC State. It was my uh, it was my junior year, and I came in out of the bullpen. Uh, Bobby Miller was a starter, and he was dominating all year. Um, I think – I don't know. It might have been like the fourth or fifth inning. He ran into the a little bit of a trouble um, against NC State at NC State, and it was basically nobody out. Um, and NC State was like a top-10 team. We were a top-10 team at that point. Um, and I came in basically no out and struck out. I think I th- struck out two and then got a ground ball uh, right back to me and got the third out. So it was a pretty – exciting moment for me on the road there at a hostile environment to uh, get Bobby out of that situation to help our team win. Um, but when we we had some pretty big wins as a team um, at all those places, um, you know, going in these, each of those places and, you know, probably taking a series away or winning the series two out of three um, at those places.
0: So let's let's talk about your debut then. Let's get into it. Obviously, like I said, the last time we had you on, uh, you were in the minors grinding. Uh, you get the call last yeah. year to make your major league debut. Obviously, uh, it's uh, for sure, a ton of emotions that you know you were feeling and stuff like that. How did they tell you you were going to make your major league debut? I love talking to guys and hearing their stories about how their coaches, you know, show tell them, "Hey, you're you're a big leaguer now." So, like, what was that experience yeah. for you? How'd that go down?
1: Yeah, my, mine's a pretty solid one. I can't lie. Um, so we were we were in. It was a Friday night in Jacksonville I was in AAA. We had a home series, and I was scheduled to pitch on Sunday. I was scheduled to pitch or start on Sunday but on Saturday we actually had an off day. Okay. And so Friday night, my friend and my girlfriend were in town. Jackson will just visit me just on a random weekend happened to be visiting me. Um, And since Friday night, the game got over and we were going to go out to a restaurant to have a, you know, have a drink, grab a bite to eat because the off day was on Saturday and um, we're hanging out in my apartment. I just called an Uber to come pick us up from my apartment to go to this restaurant. And I would say 15 minutes go by, and I get a call from this number that I don't have saved on my phone and me just ordering an Uber, you know, 15 minutes ago. <laughs> I think it's my Uber driver. And I answer him like, Hey, are you, are you here? And it's my AAA skip. It's Brownie. It's my coach. And he goes, he goes, what do you mean? Am I here? I was like, Oh, I was like, Brownie, is this you? He goes, yeah, this is me. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the heck are you calling me for? And he goes, well, he goes, one, make sure you save my number next time. And he goes two, he goes, you're going to, he has come back to the field um i got i got to tell you something i was like oh wow so i immediately my mind starts racing like you know what's going on like am i going up or what what just basically what the heck's going on yeah and um at that point i drive to the field it's like 11:30 at night and i drive to the field i go into his office and he's telling me basically like um Braxton Garrett is supposed to start the next day but they're not sure if he's going to be able to start and you're we're going to they're going to fly you out to um to L.A. to face the Dodgers on Saturday tomorrow night on Saturday if, if he can't go. So at this point, I mean, I just black out. Like, my, my mind's racing. Um, I got a bunch of emotions going through my body. And he goes, just pack up. I was like, is this, is this a thing where I need to tell my family to come out and join me in L.A.? Because obviously, this, they mean a lot to me. I want them to come out and see my debut no matter where it is. And he goes, I can't tell you for sure. Like, I can't give you that guarantee. It's not 100% sure, but it's more than likely – and i'm from indiana so it's not an easy flight to get all the way out to california right you know the night before it's 11 30 12 o'clock at night and um you know next thing leads you know whatever and the next day i'm flying out at 6 a.m i hardly sleep that night i'm just my mind's still racing Uh, my girlfriend and my friend who are with me in jacksonville actually catch the same flight with me and so we all fly out to la together and um, my brother happened to be on vacation and um man, somewhere out West. I can't remember where it was, but he actually met us out there too. So I have my girlfriend, my, one of my best friends from high school and my brother all come out to LA now. Wow. And I get to the stadium and, uh, still not sure if I'm going to, you know, debut tonight or not. And then, you know, probably about 10 or 15 minutes, um, in the clubhouse, um, the skip at the time, uh, Mattingly, Don. He uh, came up to me me and said, we're going to activate you tonight and you're going to start. And all of a sudden, like, immediately my heart just, like, dropped. I was like, wow, it's happening type of thing. And I go in there, I sign my contract, whatever. And then I go out there and, you know, yep, Saturday night, debut um, in L.A. against a heck of a lineup. And, um, yeah, that's it.
0: That's so crazy.
1: So, yeah, it was pretty crazy.
2: So, obviously, you faced a huge lineup like you just said. Star-studded lineup. Who was, like, yeah. the first guy that you had to face? Like, and you were kind of like, oh, wow, like, this is the show. Yeah. Like, here we go, strap in. <laughs> yeah. Or it's it's not going to be how we want it to go if we don't lock yeah. it right here.
1: Well, the leadoff batter was Mookie Betts. And so, oh, you know. So, yeah, there, were, there's were, your the, answer. Yeah. There's a couple MVPs in the lineup. They got Cody Ballinger and Mookie Betts, um, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith, who's the catcher there, who I was college teammates with at Louisville. And so, yeah, we were – me and the pitching coach were going through the lineup like kind of like the little scouting report before the game. And he's like, man, he goes, he goes, I know it's been a lot. Like, don't look into this too much. Like this, obviously this team is very good. Just go out there and do what you can do. Um, But I would say Mookie Betts, when he stepped in there, was honestly pretty cool. Like that realization moment, he stepped in the box and kind of gave me like, we made eye contact. And he gave me like a little head nod and said, congratulations. Same thing with uh, Freddie Freeman. He did the same thing to me. So that was a really cool moment to have two of those guys who were, you know, two of the faces of MLB baseball um to look at me and say congratulations to a guy who yeah, have no idea who I am, but they uh, take the time right before they're about to say congrats. They recognize the grind, man.
0: Yeah. I heard Dodger Stadium is just like an absolute like awesome place to play at. The stadium's cool. It's like a party there. Um, oh, yeah. like all those, the yeah. celebrities and all that kind of stuff. Like what was that whole yeah. environment like just pitching in front of on a Saturday night, like all these people. Yeah.
1: Well, it was a packed, it was a packed night for sure. And it was loud because I gave up a, a couple home runs. <laughs> so I was able to hear how loud it, it got there. Um, but yeah, man, it's just when you're, when you're at that stadium, it's in LA, it's, you know, Dodgers, they're famous, they're famous there. Yeah. And it's like, it's very showy, like everything that they do, the music, the fans, like the way they go about running onto the field, off the field, everything about them is just very show. And, um, it's cool. It's, you know, it's honestly cool to watch. Um, but yeah, man, they have these huge speakers out in center field that when I gave up two of those home runs <laughs> with the crowd yelling too, it was like, I can barely even hear myself sink right now. It's so loud. So yeah, the atmosphere de- definitely did not disappoint.
0: When we talk about the show, uh, what was that moment for you? Like the off the field moment where you're like, all right, I'm in the show now. I'm not, I'm not in Beloit anymore. I'm not grinding in the minors. Like this is the show yeah. life.
1: I would say for me, the first uh, moment where I felt like I was in the actual show was the first flight um you know it's, it's you don't have to go through commercial flight and AAA anymore you're you're just the bus is driving up to the runway at a private you know airport and you're hopping you're just walking on the on the flight this huge flight and it's just for the Marlins staff and the Marlins players um any food you want any drink you want it's uh it's a really cool uh situation that they have up there and it's just like you know wow um yeah this is this is pretty nice I'm not going to lie uh, but you don't ever want to take it for granted because, obviously, like, you know, I'm down in the minor leagues right now. It's yeah. like you get a taste of it up there, and it's like, man, I want to get back up there and, you know, have that experience again.
2: Well, spe- speaking of road trips, it's kind of going to be a question I ask everybody now, I guess, because I asked the last All one right. we did. It's kind of off the wall. So, like, let's say you got a long road trip ahead. You know it's coming up. You're going across country. It's going to be a long travel day. You may yeah. have next mec- off day next day. It's that long. You stop at a okay. gas station. What are some gas station essentials <laughs> that you must have on that plane?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Right, I'm gonna say the first. So the first question or the first answer to that question is the best spot for gas station snacks is Bucky's. I don't for know if sure. you guys have ever been yeah. to Bucky's, yeah. but yeah. Bucky's. Um, there's actually one that's on the way to. So when we leave Jacksonville, there's a Bucky's that usually is on the way to all the places we go to. So our our skip loves to stop at Bucky's, and us players love it too. So it's a very good situation. Um, but man, I, I. So if I'm in Bucky's, I'm going with the brisket sandwich for sure. Like they're known for the brisket sandwiches. But as far as snacks go. I might get a little bit of hate for this, but my favorite snack is actually bugles, especially oh, okay. like wow. specifically cheddar, yeah. cheddar cheese bugles. Yeah. I can, I can smack those. Like it's my job. Um, and anything like, I don't know, like, um, combos is also a good one for me. Oh, yeah. uh, I need, I need a big old water. I'm, I'm a huge water guy. um, to be honest, I don't, I don't try to go too crazy. I know. Cause yeah. I have a sweet tooth. So if I get too many things, I will <laughs> legit eat everything that I get and I don't need that happening. So I try to limit myself. So combos bugles, um, checks mix is a huge one for me. So I would say those are my main three. Gotcha.
2: And honestly, yeah. my, my thing is, is a hot take, but I think the brisket sandwich at Bucky's is not what it's made out to be.
1: Oh you think it's overrated I think it's way overrated <laughs> i I will say the pulled pork is up there with the brisket sandwich I either I flip off from the pulled pork and the brisket sandwich but yeah I mean I had to try the brisket sandwich because I don't so yeah yeah. Got to. yeah
0: yeah I don't think they got one of those here in Wisconsin but i've I've had no, one when don't. I've been to, when with Florida and also I think Texas has buckies I, mean, I, def-
1: I would definitely say they're like more you know more popular down south hopefully they yeah. make their way up towards the north a little bit more because they're a great they're a great place to be yeah
0: yeah speaking of like traveling on the plane in that show life who was like the guy in the marlins organization when you were there uh, who kind of like set the tone control the music uh maybe was like you know the guy uh setting the locker room setting the tone in the locker room who was that guy
1: yeah i would say uh Miguel Rojas was, okay. um, as far as my understanding, I didn't really ask who was on it. I can kind of just like look around and try to tell who was on it. Cause I was the new guy there. I'm yeah. not really trying to ask too many questions or get involved or like get in the way of anything. Yeah. Um, uh, but I know Miguel Rojas was on it a lot. Um, man, I know it was, it was a lot of, um, loud music being played, which I'm a fan of. I don't mind yeah. that at all, but I'm pretty sure Miguel Rojas, Sandy was all, also on there a lot too. Um, Jesus Lazardo was a big one. Um, I would say those guys are probably the main three that, you know, took control of the Ox game.
0: And what about like the locker room guy, like the glue guy in the locker room, maybe cracking a couple of jokes here and there, kind of keeping it loose for the boys. Yeah, uh,
1: definitely Miguel Rojas when he was there with us last year was kind of the leader in locker, or the locker room. Uh, Joey Wendell was also a great leader for us in that locker room after <clears throat> wins getting everybody together and kind of celebrating each win. Um, Jesus Lozardo, uh, pitcher, he's a good leader in there. And then you look up to guys like, you know, Garrett Cooper, Jacob Stallings. Um, I mean, I'm probably missing a couple of guys, but, you know, all those guys that are, have been there for a little bit, you respect that they've been there in the show that long. And uh, they do a great job of making the young are the young guys, the new guys, the rookies like me, um, feel comfortable um, and, and good about being up there.
0: Speaking of like being on the plane and stuff again, like I love talking about the show travel cause I, it's fascinating to me. I'll never experience it. Me and Lane will never experience this, but um, <laughs> bro, I've talked to different guys on different teams and organizations and stuff. And like, they'll have like card games on the plane. Um, and like, they'll yeah. be gambling with huge amounts of money. Um, like, did you ever partake in that? Or like, did you, what, like what did you do when you're on the plane? <laughs>
1: Uh, I I was only on three or four flights. Like I said, I wasn't, I was only up there for, you know, like around a month or so. I was, so I was on three flights, three or four flights, somewhere in there. Um, most of the time I was kind of just chilling on my, on my phone, kind of just kind of taking it all in. Um, I did get into, get into some card games, but, um, no high state card games for me. The guys who were on the, on the table had a lot more money than I did and they were betting a lot more money than what I was willing to bet. So I kind of set back and, Watch from a distance and kind of it's kind of like an entertainment to see those guys play cards. Um, but I would just pop on movie, listen to music, um, catch up on texts or emails, anything like that. Um, I I'm a I'm a huge cards player, so I'd pull up my phone, play like euchre, spades, something like that. Um, and then there's like a cut like the like the rookies kind of had their own table um, away from the the veteran guys who they would play cards with lesser stakes. I would sometimes get involved with that. Um, but as far as like the, the high, high end table, I would never, I never sat down on that table and probably a good thing. Cause, um, <laughs> I could have lost more money than I, than I had like. No, I know you said you're on a couple flights, but I know rookies, they
2: do, they go to Starbucks, whatever you see the videos on social media yeah. and send them for coffee yeah. runs. Did you have to do anything crazy yeah.
1: like that? To be honest? No, I didn't. No? Um, no, I, yeah, I, I've seen the, the Chicago and when teams are in Chicago and they do the coffee run, I've heard some other things, but. Um, yeah, nothing like out in the public really where I had to like do any rookie type of, um, hazing, you know, hazing like that. Yeah. I'm hazing. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy. That's for sure.
0: You had a rookie dress update though, right? Where you guys had a dress up on the plane?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We did do it. Okay. I guess that that could be one. Yeah. I kind of forgot about that. The rookie dress up. Yeah. We were flying to uh, New York for rookie dress up and, uh, we got done with our game in Miami and we get back to the locker room after the game. And each rookie, I think if you have under a year of service time, you're, you're technically considered a rookie. Yeah. And um, so each rookie had a, a costume at their locker waiting for them. And I was, um, oh man, I was uh, Elvis. Yeah. I was Elvis. And so, yeah, I had to dress up as Elvis. And there are also some re- other really good ones. And so, yeah, we had to dress up as our costume and wear it onto the plane the whole time and it was not the most comfortable outfit you know it didn't fit i'm six six and so yeah. like this costume is not made for a six six person at all and so this thing was like horrendous on me and but i had to wear it the whole time on the flight and then when we got to new york we had a little team get together and uh had to wear it there um unfortunately it was when we landed there in new york that night it was raining we had this whole plan out to go to, to times square and walk around and all the rookies are going to walk around in these costumes and obviously there's a A crazy amount of people in in Times Square. And so we were going to get a bunch of looks, but (laughs) it was raining. So we weren't able to do that part of it, but we still had to wear the costume to the uh, team to get together at a restaurant that we were at in New York that whole night until we had to go back into the hotel. Who picked Um, the costumes out? Um, The veterans guy, the older guys did. They all picked it out. And so we had no idea what we were going to wear. They kept it a secret from us the whole time. And uh, we didn't know until we got back after the game in Miami and they were at our lockers. So there were some pretty good ones. It was hilarious. That's cool y'all played into it though.
2: Some people get mad was, about that stuff. I said it's cool y'all played into it Some people get mad yeah, about it. It's like why I, just, I
1: don't think yeah, it's, it's great. I mean it's hilarious. Like I don't think anybody got salty about it at all. I mean, some guys had to like put face paint on themselves. Like that's not <laughs> the easiest thing to do. Nah. Now, obviously if you wipe your hand or wipe your shirt or anything, it's gonna rub off on on whatever you're wiping it on. And I'd have to do that, thankfully. But um yeah, every kind everybody kinda of bought into the whole uh rookie so uh, cool. dress up it's a, it's a good team bonding experience it's yeah. funny it creates a lot of laughs it's it's something like back on and like i'm t- telling you guys right now it's a good story
0: speaking of rookies and stuff like you had a bunch of guys come up with you that you played in the minors with um alongside with how cool is it just to be able to get into the show but also be a- alongside guys um that you play with in the minors like not too long ago i think the marlins had a ton of like uh yeah. major league debuts last season
1: yeah yeah it was it was special man um like I said, I was drafted in 2019. I think when I debuted last year in 2022, I was the fourth member of the 2019 draft class to mm-hmm. debut that same year. So when JJ Bladey and then Peyton Burdick, Andrew Nardi, and I was the fourth one. Yeah. So when I got up there, all three of those guys were already up there. So for me, it was like, it was a little bit easier transition because for I sure. knew those guys already. And they had been up there for a week or a month by now. Um, and that, and, let, and that's not to mention that 20, 2022 spring training, I wasn't in big league spring training. I right, was on the right. minor league side the whole time. So, you know, usually during big league spring training is when you kind of like hang out with the, the, the guys and get to know them a little bit better and, and you know, kind of build that team camaraderie. But I wasn't even a part of that at all in 2022. So the first time I ever really interacted with any of those big, those big league guys um, was when I got called up. And so they they were seeing me for the first time. I was seeing them for the first time. Um, but yeah, no, it was cool. Like Like you said, it was... You know, the, I was coming up with Peyton and JJ and uh, Nari the whole time throughout the minor league system. And the fact that we were all able to make it up there last year and kind of, you know, look at each other and say, hey, man, like we made it. Like the 2019 class is represented really well right now. Um, it was a cool moment for sure. Did you uh, play JJ in college at all? I did. Yeah, I did. We oh, – no, uh tore it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we faced – so we played Vanderbilt um, – once a year in the regular season Um, and it was always a midweek game towards the end of the year it would flip from home and away and so we played them I think three times I faced them three times or we played them at least three times I don't know if I pitch every single time we played them but we also faced or played them in the uh, 2019 college world series and so we played Vanderbilt in the 2019 world series and I would pitch. actually I remember the bat against JJ I walked him on a 3-2 count get a really good take um, and then it was pretty cool to see him as my teammate because he's in, well, not anymore, but um, he got traded. But when I, when he was on the Marlins, I was with the Marlins. Um, it was pretty cool to have met my teammate because he's a heck of a player. All
2: right. So I got to ask this because it's an iconic video when you all played Vanderbilt. Was that the same? Were you on the same team as Luke Smith?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: When he did made the whole video and the World Series? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yep, I was on that team. <laughs>
2: What was the the dugout's reaction when that was going on? Was everybody kind of like that, like, just fired up in the moment? I mean, mean, you're the biggest thing in college baseball. Like, whatever you call it, disrespect, you can be soft about it. But it was just – tempers were there. Everybody was into it. It was fun.
1: Like, I thought it was cool. Yeah, like, obviously it got blown up on social media. That's just the world we live in today. Um, But, I mean, you see that type of stuff throughout the whole season. Like, it's just – you know the public gets more involved when it's the World Series and it's, it's a high stakes game, like you said. But like during the whole season, like I mean, there's definitely some chirps going on between the dugouts. I don't know if it's to that extent, but like enough to where it's like you know there's you're showing emotion. Like it's yeah. you know it's it's kind of like it's you're just competing out there. We want to win. Um, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it, it was cool. No, it definitely fired us up. It, obviously, it fired them up, and it got kind of like the college baseball. You know. I don't know, game more on the scene. Like fans like saw oh, yeah. that and they're like, all right, let's, let's start watching to see what these guys are doing because it's obviously intense. Yeah.
2: Everybody um, plays but no, with it was, their heart
1: every game in college. That's why I'm, like, I'm locked into it all the time because of that. Like, uh, yeah. And no, yeah, it was cool. Like we, you know, when, when Luke did that, it fired us up. Um, and like you said, it was, you know, if we had to, they beat us to go to the final series. So there was, there was only three teams left us Vanderbilt and Michigan. Yep. So we were trying to get to the final game against Michigan. And, you know, it was like you said, Emotion got the best of us. Um, it was late in the game. Um, but I think overall it like, gets kind of kind of blown off now. But um, yeah. in the moment, it was definitely intense.
0: Um, who was the first strikeout? Do you remember your first strikeout in... Uh...
1: I do remember my first strikeout. It was Max Muncie <laughs> on, a, on a slider. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would say that's a pretty good guy to have yeah. my first, first big league strikeout on. He's a heck of a hitter. Um, but yeah, he was my first strikeout, and I was able to keep that ball, and also able to keep the first uh, pitch of the game ball as well. So I had those two balls um, with me at my house back home.
0: Who has been your toughest at bat? Like somebody you're like, man, like, that dude, I just cannot get him out.
1: <laughs> man, um, like I said, I, I didn't face too many yeah. teams up there, but from the from the guys I did, fa- I faced the Dodgers twice, believe it or not. Like, so I, I we played in LA. I debuted, and then that next home. St- home series was against the Dodgers. Sorry. We, so we played in LA against the Dodgers and then had a series against Oakland and we flew back to Miami. And that first home series was against the Dodgers. So we faced Dodgers twice within like a span of seven, to eight days. And um, I would say Freddie Freeman, to be honest. Um, his, I mean, he's just a veteran hitter. He's, he's smart, his hands, He knows he was looking for, I would throw some good pitches. He was hitting him in around anywhere. He would take me opposite field, pull me up the middle. Um I would say he was the first guy. Also Will Smith, he is a he has a home run and a double against me, my college my college teammate, he is a really good hitter as well. So I would say those two guys are um from what I've experienced so far, the, the best hitters I've faced or the hardest outs for me personally.
2: Is there a guy in the league? Obviously you'll get obviously you're going back up there. We're gonna speak that into existence.
0: Oh for sure. Is there a yeah. guy like
2: a bucketless guy you wanna face? Like regardless what happens, is there like one guy in the wow. league like this is one that I've been thinking about since I realized I could make it at this level.
1: Yeah, man. I, honestly, yeah, I'd be I'd be excited to face anybody, but I mean, I I mean, I'm gonna go with the obvious answer, which is probably be Mike Trout. Yeah, um, just because he's been dominating the league and the top the top hitter for I don't know the last eight years or so, I'd say, um, just a dude who I'd love to face and um, compete against.
0: Being with the Marlins, even though you weren't there for too long, like who was like maybe like how or how, how how who was the coolest person to watch? Because obviously you got Sandy there, uh, a ton of cool pitchers. You're sitting there in the bullpen. Like who was one guy you just love to watch and like wow, like that guy just absolutely just dominates.
1: Yeah, uh, Sandy Alcantara for sure. Um, I mean, it was a Cy Young year, yeah. so I was able to be up there and, and see his his routine and, and what he does throughout the week and how he prepares for each start. And it's honestly remarkable. Um the hard work that he puts in. It's not obviously he goes out there and, and people watch him every fifth day. Um go out there and throw eight ninety-eight to a hundred and yeah. 90, everything's for a strike. Um, but it's what he does in between the starts, it's really impressive mm-hmm. is the way he works in the weight room. Um he's in there, man, when he goes and lifts, he's in there for like hour, hour and a half easily. Like I just take it just taking not not taking his time, but like he's focused. Yeah. He's dialed in. Like, he doesn't want any distractions. He's laser focused, and then obviously you get sit there and watch his bullpens in between starts, and he's hitting every spot, working on things. Um, and it's just like the preparation you see with a guy like that who was the best pitcher in the league last sure. year. It was really cool to see and be, you know, be a little bit, little piece of that process. I was able to see a little bit of that. Um, and obviously, you know, I think a rising star for us is uh, Jesus Lozardo. I've seen him mm-hmm. um, grind through. And um, watching his starts was pretty remarkable as well. What he's able to do, and from the left side, on high nineties, change up, slider, curveball—it's it's pretty cool. So the pitching staff up there um, has a lot of a lot of good guys, a lot of studs, and I was able to be up there and kind of to learn from them and um, watch what they're able to do, and you know, apply it to my
0: game to make myself better. Was there something specifically that you saw from either Sandy or jesus or maybe another veteran up there where you're like, okay? I'm definitely going to be able to implement that, whether it's the preparation, the workouts, um, like the studying of batters, whatever, it may be, is there something that you picked up while you were there? Like, all right, this is going to definitely help me moving forward.
1: I would say, you know, just like, like the weight room, I said, like, you know, how, how they get after in the weight room. Um, but also along with that would be their <clears throat> their catch play. You know, their their catch play is intent. They're not just out there. Um, throwing just to throw. You know, they're always working on something in catch play, whether it's hitting a spot, working on a pitch, um, staying back, mechanically, anything like that. They're always working on something. They're not just out there kind of goofing around or taking it lightly. Like that's a time to get better because if you get better during catch play, then obviously it's going to help you. You would like to think it helps you during the yeah. game. Um, so I would just say the, the fine details during catch play, um, you know, stay focused during catch play. Don't go out there and kind of be you know lazy with it or anything like that. Um, take it serious because um, that's where you can make strides is during catch play.
2: Obviously still you're playing in Florida, Miami. It's tropical, yep. not, not really tropical, but it's nice weather here. Basically all baseball season. It is hot, yeah, but it's nice weather off days. Do you golf? I know a lot of pitchers golf, like you out there oh, with yeah. the guys on the course. Oh yeah. Like, you know, oh, yeah. Who, who's the, uh, the best
1: like teammate you've played with. that's good at golf. And who's the worst golfer? <laughs> um, So I didn't play golf in the big leagues when I was up there. So I'll speak on behalf of the minor leagues. Um, The best golfer I played with in the Miami Miami Marlins organization is Troy Johnston. He's right now he's in double A with uh, Pensacola first baseman, uh, lefty hitter. He played golf growing up his whole life. I think his dad was a golfer is what he told me. And man, his shot is very pure. He hits it a long ways and it's straight. He's got a good short game. Um, I would say his handicap is, floating, like, footin around four to six, which I think for that's amazing. Like, yeah. I don't know if I play with anybody who's been better than Troy. Um, as far as the worst golfer goes, man, I'm got to expose somebody.
2: Huh? <laughs> I'm sure there's a couple. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh man, <clears throat> sheesh. Uh, I would probably go with. You know, I'm gonna go with my roommate here in Jacksonville and say Jeff Lindgren. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he's he doesn't golf very much, but when he does, he's it's just ugly. I'll, I'll, t- I'll if he sees this, I don't care. I'll totally fine with hearing this. I'll tell him that straight to his face. But we
0: might have to get him it, on the pod the, and uh, and uh, see yeah, what his reaction have is. To,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's not even his fault he just didn't really grow up golfing and he just kind of get into it because he obviously a lot of us golf and so he wants to hang out with the guys and yeah. And so he's trying to like insert himself into going to play playing. but i'm sure i'm sure you guys are golfers but like once you golf's on a sport where you can just kind of pick up and be good at. It. it's a very tough sport like you have to put the time in and, and you know and go out there and play a lot to become decent not even great just like decent and so he's at, the, he's at the beginning stages where it's just, you know, it's tough to hit the ball straight or even get the ball off the ground right now. Yeah. So, but you know, I'm, I'm going to work with him. I mean, I'm going to keep working with him on the off days here on Mondays. We have every off day. And so I'll
0: work with him. That's kind of how I am when it comes to golf. Like some of the guys here in Beloit, uh, they'll be like, Hey, let's come golf and you know, on the, on Mondays on the off days. And I'm like, yeah. I would make such a fool of myself <laughs> if I even attempt <laughs> to tough, golf. It yeah. is not it is not my sport. It's something I got to get better at cuz like you said, like ton of yeah. baseball players golf. Um and like yeah. I want to be able to do that, but uh yeah, dude, golf is literally not my thing. <laughs> no.
1: And like, and like you said, I think it's just a good sport to know how to play. Yeah. Like as far as just like, you know, business aspect, sport yeah. aspect, like going out with some buddies mm-hmm. and
0: just kind of, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah
1: hanging out talking like it's just a cool sport to play and to have like a you know a respectable score to where you're not embarrassing yourself right
0: in the in the bigs and stuff uh what was your favorite city to play and obviously you played in in uh la which might be it but yeah like, you, and you played here in milwaukee um i saw you and fishman when you guys were down here um but yeah. what was your favorite or what has been your favorite city to play in
1: man I, I would have to say la for sure like i said it's so showy up there everything they do is really cool to watch um but i would say also I put, we went to New York, uh, the Mets, not the Yankees, but the Mets yeah. city field. Um, and those fans are, are really passionate. Those are like the diehard, like, you know, we were out oh, yeah. in the bullpen and those fans are on us all night long, just heckling us. Um, and I was able to actually see, uh, Edwin Diaz him. I would, I was able to see him close twice during that series. So obviously that whole year leading up, I'm, I'm seeing this man on gold iron on Twitter for his yeah. like trumpet walk out or walk in, you know walkout video song and to be actually be there and be there in person right literally because right, our bullpens uh touch and are right next to each other in uh New York oh sweet and so man he's warming up and I'm sitting there in the, in the other bullpen our bullpen I'm looking over there like wow this is actually crazy I saw this dude on Twitter like you know how hype these fans get yeah and, you know truth be told like when he comes out of that gate from the bullpen those fans are up on their feet going nuts for that song and <laughs> So I would say that was really a cool experience in New York in city field, seeing Edwin Diaz close out two games um, against us. So. What
0: were some of the better chirps that you heard?
1: Man, that I mean, they're just getting like, they'll go into your personal information <laughs> and pull out, you know, your mom's name, cousin's name. If you have a sister, your sister's name, um, they'll pull it, they'll pull up your stats. Like if you have any type of like, if you have a bad ERA or like walks or whatever, they'll call you any type of thing. And, I mean, they got all the fuel in the world just because all of our information is so public to yeah. the public, you know, to the public eye. And so they go on there and just they, – they take their notes, they know what they're saying, and they just let you have it. But it's to the point where it's just like you hear it so much now, it's you kind of just tune it out. Um, unless something crazy is said that might you might catch your attention. But for the most part, you just kind of block it out, and not really give them a reaction because once you do and it, it's just fueling the fire and they keep going and going.
2: You said you only went to a couple cities. What's one stadium you want to play at or a city you want to go – playing
1: yeah uh for me it would be the Cincinnati Reds I grew up in Indiana but I'm right on the I'm right on the Indiana Ohio border and so I grew up a Reds fan Mm. um live like 40 to 45 minutes away from uh Great American Ballpark um yeah I I tell my friends and family all the time you know if I were ever, ever to play it great american ballpark um that would be my lifelong goal and it would be cool i think there would be a a decent amount of people and with family and friends that would go out there and support me and and come watch us um but yeah no doubt uh Cincinnati Reds
0: for sure was there somebody like specifically a pitcher um that you kind of modeled your game after in high school i mean i know you were you said you were a basketball player and i think you're being a little humble with that brian because i think you had like scholarship offers for basketball too didn't you
1: (laughs) yeah i did i had a couple. yeah, a couple of Big Ten schools. Uh, Butler was in there as well. So yeah, like I said, I, I, I might have been humble, but I definitely am not shy of admitting that I was a huge basketball fan and player
0: uh, growing up. Uh, but was there any any baseball player that you or pitcher that you maybe uh, modeled your game after, or uh, was somebody you like to watch? Um,
1: yeah, I don't, I don't know about modeling my game after, but as far as like enjoying watching mm-hmm. growing up, mm-hmm. I would say um, Jacob Degrom or like a you know a Max Scherzer. Um guys like that, you know, righty starters who are able to go through lineup multiple times yeah. with, you know, a four or five pitch mix. Um, just make hitters look, you know, sometimes silly sometimes. Um just watching those guys grow up and you know, appreciating what they're doing. Cause now that I'm, you know, been to the big leagues and you know, here in, in professional baseball, I realize how hard it is to actually face these guys. Like hitting's hard, don't get me wrong, but they're still they're still Really good at times too. Um, The fact that they're able to go out there year after year for 10 plus years and dominate, um, it's something very fascinating and they're still doing it. And so uh, I would say those guys, you know, Garrett Cole, just any type of like, you know, power righty, um, I really enjoyed watching growing up. So uh, obviously, you're saying the longevity and hitting's
2: still hard, but pitching's also hard. Was there a a big adjustment or a certain adjustment you had to make from? facing minor league hitting to major league hitting? Or was it kind of just like, all right, these guys down here, they're still top of the line baseball players. Now we're just playing with the top of the top of the line. Like they're all still good. But was there like an adjustment you had to figure out or make or something you realized that was kind of like, this is what we got to do to be successful here?
1: Yeah. Uh, I would say just with those guys up there, their experience mixed with their talent can be a tough combo sometimes because they're smart um they know what they do they know what their strengths are and they know what my strength is too yeah um and so i think for them those good hitters they're looking in one spot and up in the big leagues you make a mistake more times than not then they're gonna put they're gonna hit the ball hard somewhere they're gonna they're gonna do damage whereas like in the minor leagues you know you might get away with that more more often than you do in the big leagues you know if i miss my spot you know in the minor leagues they're still gonna do damage but maybe not as much they would do in the big leagues if that makes sense yeah um but I would say also with those big league hitters, they're prepared. You know, I I would say that they're watching video, they're watch, they're studying me. Um, shoot, they may, name, may, they may know me better than I know myself before I even <laughs> go start. They probably watch me throw, you know, a sinker in a hundred times or a slider away a hundred times. They know what that looks like. And so before they even step into the box for the first time, it's like they've already faced me, you know, 50 to a hundred yeah. times. So it's like they're not seeing me actually for the first time because they've been watching video yeah. and film and studying me and knowing my tendencies. You know, the heat maps where I like to throw the pitch in certain yeah. counts and whatnot. And so I would just say the preparations that those guys do. Um, and they're already good hitters that they are. And so they, it just makes it tough sometimes.
0: Yeah, yeah, I got you. Baseball is like an up and down sport. Obviously, the mental side is a huge thing when you're a baseball player. Um, any advice for like younger athletes or even um, uh, baseball or not, but just on, on the mental side of baseball and how uh, to deal with that?
1: Yeah, like you said, I mean, baseball is a mental game. It's a game of failure. Um, as a hitter, if you fail seven out of 10 times, you're considered a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pitching, you're going to give up hits. You're going to give up runs. You're going to have bad outings. Um, I would say, f- you know, I would. Ju- for me, what changed me is, if I'm, my advice for people who are coming up would be to start writing down thoughts, feelings in like a notebook or a journal, so that when things are, are going well, you're able to look back or when things are going bad, you're able to look back and see what, what you're writing down, what you were thinking when things were going well or vice versa. You know, it goes both ways Um, because like I said, it's mental. Um, It can, it can beat you down. Um, You know, some days you feel like nothing's going your way. And obviously some days it feels like everything's going your way. It's a, it's a roller coaster, but I also would say don't get too high and also don't get too low. Like, you know, if you, for a pitcher, like if you have a great outing, good, cool, who cares? Like, fine. But also, if you have a bad outing, good, cool. Who cares? Like, don't look into it too much either way. Sure. Like, because you're going to pitch in five days or in four days, whatever that may be. You can't, you know, live off that past outing too long and let that affect the next outing, whether that be good or bad. Um, and also, like, and that goes also with having, like, a short-term memory. Um, you know, if you have a bad outing, don't don't dwell on that too long because you're about to pitch again in three or four days. Because if you're still thinking about that last outing, then obviously it's going to affect the way you pitch in the next outing. Um but yeah, I, I would say a big thing for me would be the notebook too though, just writing down thoughts, feelings, um listen to a podcast that might talk about mental, you know, mental health, mental awareness and all that.
0: When did you start journaling?
1: I started journaling in 2021, actually when I was in Beloit. Um I was I never journaled before, um probably because I ne- never struggled that bad before, but in 2021, that first half, season, that first the first half of the season in Beloit, I was not pitching that great and I looked into getting into journaling and just writing stuff stuff down and then from that point on I've um stuck with journaling and it's helped me out a lot
2: I got more into college baseball than I thought I would so that's kind of that was <laughs> here the cool part yeah. of this for me I, lo- I love yeah. to hear about college baseball fans it's awesome yeah. who's your team uh I mean I'm down here in Florida I've been here so the Gators but the Gators, honestly gotcha. I mean like I've been up to Vandy for games uh I want to get the old Miss so I. I say I'm a, I'm a Florida fan for football. Like, there's no nobody else. I don't care it's Florida or nothing. Yeah. Like, baseball is kind of like – like I like seeing Ole Miss. I like seeing yeah, Indiana, Florida. I like seeing North yeah. Carolina, Louisville. Absolutely. All, Louisville, all the teams that are, like, really just good. I like watching. Yeah, like yeah. CU's yeah. been a big one. Southern Mississippi yeah. big one the past couple of years. So, I just pay attention to – I mean, the, the energy, like I said before, that's my favorite part about college baseball. You don't get the passion anywhere else besides college baseball. No, These man, guys do not care – I mean you can tell them no, it doesn't matter. Like, don't do that. They're still gonna do it. like that's what I like. I like the like that's what we need in baseball. Like like yeah. the Luke Smith it, thing. It, like you said, it may not be what the public likes, but like you said, more people started watching baseball. Whether we can go about it a different way, stuff like that that gets viral, that's that's why I like college baseball. It's a lot more viral and people are starting to now sure. see the excitement in college baseball. So anytime my, I can talk college baseball, it gets me going.
1: My thing about college baseball is you know, those when I was there, the guys who are still there, everybody who plays, everybody is so passionate about winning. The, the, yeah. the main goal there is winning. It's not about individual stats. it's literally about just how you can win. Yeah. And all the stuff you go through in the fall, like the early morning workouts, the the man, the, the scrimmages in the fall, like the, the Omaha challenges you do, all like the team bonding stuff that builds you as a team and you know, and, and all this team bonding stuff. And then you finally go into the spring and you play the season with your brothers who you've done literally everything with, gone to class, um, workouts, early mornings, everything with. and Now you're you're on the field with them at the same time trying to win. It's it's really cool and like you yeah. said, it's just a bunch of bunch of kids just who are passionate and want to win. Obviously, sometimes yeah. that brings out a lot of emotion.
0: For sure. Well, hopefully, Ryan, we see you in the majors again. I mean, like you were here in yeah. Milwaukee. I don't know when when the, Mar- the Marlins play here again in, in milwaukee or even chicago not too far from me but yeah man, I'll, I'll be there I'm, for sure
1: all right yeah i'm not i'm not sure i haven't looked at their schedule in depth too much but i do know for a fact they do go back up there to both to chicago and milwaukee at some point so hopefully you know i i'm up there by then that'd be awesome
0: yeah absolutely and we're gonna have to get your roommate on uh, we'll have to get him on you let him know that he and he, he jeff jeff lingram right yeah, yeah. yeah you, can, you can let him know that he can expect a DM from me.
1: All right, <laughs> and, sounds uh, good. Yeah, to to re,
0: re, rebuttal your uh your your golf take there from bottom.
1: Yeah, he's got to back himself <laughs> up. Whatever he can find to back himself up. I'm not sure if he has much to back up though. So we'll see. <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll have to find. Uh, we'll we'll ask him to give us uh, some dirt on you then, since you know you. Uh, uh, yeah. you
1: <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's fair. Let it, us it, know he's in way street. <laughs> Two-way
0: street. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, hey Brian, I want to I want to thank you again for coming on, man. It was always, good talking to you. I always follow your career ever since we ha- had you on last time, yeah, um, and hopefully we'll that. see you back in the. Oh yeah, for sure. And hopefully we'll see you back in the bigs, man.
1: Yeah, that's the goal, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. It was an absolute pleasure. It's always a yeah. blast.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform.